to some things we're going for. So I'd encourage you to come. It's, it's easy. It was fun. Uh, we, we did it for two weeks in the summer, and people said we need to make it longer, so we're going to go for three weeks this time, and we'll see how that goes. So uh, there'll be some more information on that coming up. All those opportunities Penny shared, we don't expect anybody to do. We don't actually expect you all to do any of those things that you don't feel called and led to do. We just know how Chris stuff just kind of snowballs. So we're just putting everything out there. Plug in how you want. We definitely don't want you to kill yourself. A couple of things on that. The Christmas offering, that Christmas Eve offering, half is going to go to our long-term missionaries. We have three families that we support. One's in uh, Southeast Asia, one in New Zealand, and one who does community development work with a group called E3 Partners. It's just a Christmas gift to them. They're people who have we've sent out of our body who consider Stonebridge their home church. And then we're going to try this new thing, this doing your deal fund, and we'll kind of see how that goes. So half of the money we're going to put over here into this other pot. We push pretty hard to get people to figure out what God has put in their heart to do and then to go for it. But sometimes there's a financial component to that, and you, you just don't have the money. And so we're creating this fund over here where we can maybe you can consider it like a micro-investment into you doing your deal. So... Uh, Last fall, we did the Park Street soccer thing, and initially there was some outlay of money for um, some equipment, and we, 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 we uh, supported that. So that would be something that might come out of that fund. I, I don't imagine for 100% of the people doing their deal it costs anything, but for a small percentage it does cost something, and then for some percentage of that small percentage it's too much to be able to fund or to get from other sources. And so we want to have this pot over here um, that you can draw from. So just know that'll be out there. I encourage y'all to pray. Ask the Lord how he would have you give. I think last year we uh, brought in about $6,000 on that Christmas Eve offering. It was great for all the missionaries. I'd love to see us hit that or go above that this year. Um, the Christmas service. We went back and forth. Do you do church on Christmas? If you can imagine, we had that conversation. It's Jesus' birthday, and we're trying to decide whether or not you have church. There, and what we decided is... Yes, we're going to have a service at 11 o'clock, one service. Kind of Misty and I talked about it. If it's just us six, our six, we're going, to, we're going to be here. Christmas does not always fall on a Sunday. And I know a lot of you have massive traditions that you are working around and you're running all over the place to hit multiple families and all of that. You don't need to feel any guilt or any pressure. Me and Misty and our four kids are going to be here, and we're going to do something from 11 to 12. And if it fits into your... If it fits into your day, we want you to come as well. But I, I don't want anyone, again, to feel guilty or feel any type of pressure to be here. If we did church every Christmas day, no matter when it fell, then it would be a part of our traditions. That we, but we don't do that here. That's just not what we do. So it's once every six or seven years that it comes on a Sunday. And again, everybody has stuff that's already kind of locked in. So I don't want, again, I don't want y'all to feel any pressure on that, but we would love for you to be here, and hopefully there'll be at least one person here who knows how to sing, and we'll do some um, <laughs> Christmas songs. Otherwise, um, we might just spend some time meditating. Um, so that's Christmas offering, the Christmas service. Uh, one other thing, just uh, structurally, uh, for those of you who've been here for a couple of years, we have a leadership team. We don't have elders as a church. Uh, several years back, we kind of made a go down the road of elders and not pulled the plugs that it, it just didn't feel right at the time. And so Brandon Hutchins, raise your hand, Al Otto, I saw him somewhere, and Peter Tompkins, who's actually in Raleigh tonight, they are our leadership team along with the staff, and they've been 
wearing a lot of hats for a couple of years. We feel like moving into next year, we want to establish a little, uh, a broader leadership structure. So I'm just let you know kind of what we're thinking. Can we show that? This is kind of what we're going for. We're going to create, a, this is actually according to our bylaws. So we're just doing what we said we would do in the first place just four years later. We'll have these three groups of folks, these administrative elders, um, really function in terms of the organizational or the, the, the financial side of Stonebridge, the budget, facilities, staffing, that type of thing. There'll be four of those guys, four ministry elders um, who are going to focus on different areas in the church, people, kids, kind of zero to 18, small groups, missions, and Sunday morning people have a specific area that they're praying for and meeting with the uh, staff person in charge of that area. Their job is really to provide spiritual oversight and input, and then the staff. And those 12 people will make up our leadership team. So there will be more on that coming up, in hopefully, in January or February. I just want you to know that's coming. In terms of y'all's role in that, uh, we'll take nominations for those ministry elders from the congregation. Uh, for this, I don't want to get into the whole men-women deal at this point, so we're just going to stick with guys um, for this first go-round. And uh, we'd like you to have been here for a year. That's, we don't want you to get in, been here for a few months, somebody nominates you to be an elder, and then you decide you hate us, it's bad. Because then you leave, or it's worse because you sabotage us from the inside. So neither of those scenarios works well. So you just think about that. Some people have said, can I nominate myself? Hey, whatever. If you feel like God's saying be an elder... You can nominate yourself. I can't read your handwriting anyway, so I won't know who nominated you. So all that will come up January, February. Congregational nominate elders. The existing leadership team will confirm them. Then those administrative elders, we're actually going to select because there's a bit of a skill set that's necessary for that that we want to make sure that we're getting. So anybody have any questions about this? You can ask. Okay. So uh, that will be coming up, again, hopefully in January or February, and broaden our leadership structure a bit. I know many of you have asked about, do we have elders? Will we have elders? How is, what's the leadership of the church look like? And we're hopefully going to be able to address that pretty soon. So I was, this is the third November that we've done one of these, and I went back and looked at what I said in November 2009 and November 2010. I have a terrible memory, so I forget uh, a lot of what's going on. I forget a lot of what I've said. I forget a lot of what God actually has done, and I'm kind of in the middle of it. And so a lot of times I don't have a great perspective. Statistics absolutely don't tell the whole story, but I went back and I looked, and I saw these numbers that I had shared in 09 and in 10. And this is just kind of where we've been over the last few years. You see our worship attendance has gone up. That doesn't necessarily mean a whole lot. It just means there's more people coming on a Sunday morning, that could be for any number of reasons. We're going to assume it's because people are experiencing the Lord on some level. The one I'm most happy about is the small group participation. You see how that's gone up. And if you look at that number as a percentage of the people who are showing up at worship, it's, that's pretty impressive. Um, that last number, I think that's the Brandon Scarborough effect. Uh, we hired him in June, and one of the things that we said focus on was small groups. And that's a, that's a good number. There's more than 245 people who would say Stonebridge is their home church. So we don't have 90% of the people who say Stonebridge is my church in a small group. But if an average showing up on two, is 245 on a Sunday and we have 225 in small groups, that's a pretty good ratio. And I'm really, 
I'm happy about that. One of the things I said back in 2009 was I felt like God wanted to build our body, not make it bigger, but build connections among us. And that, to me, is a testimony that that is happening. So thrilled about that. You can see the finances down there. That slash, the number to the right of the slash is what we give away, either in benevolence, local outreach, or missions. Uh, And that actually doesn't include short-term missions, our short-term missionaries. That's just uh, long-term missions and people from our, a few people from our church who go with other organizations. And you can see how uh, that looks um, as of the end of this year. And Al Auto will be given a full report on our finances on a Sunday morning in uh, January after we close the end of the year. So you can just kind of see what's happening there. What's the next one? Oh, yeah, so missions. You can see we've increased trips and people. If you're going on a mission trip, for the love, turn in an application. They were due on the 20th. This is way past the 20th. Turn in an application. Let us know. Uh, Hopefully that shames you to enough of a degree to make you turn in an application. So we can get the team set so the people, and I haven't turned in one either, if that makes you feel better. So I was contacted by a trip leader yesterday who said, are you going to go on the trip? So I put myself in that category. We need to get those in. I love seeing that as well. You can see the student ministry. Um, That's also Brandon Scarborough effect. That was one of the things that we asked him to do um, when he came. That number four in the spring, you can look at that and say, wow, that wasn't. We had volunteers trying to create a student ministry from scratch, which is, I can't imagine a harder job in a church than trying to create a student ministry from scratch. Y'all know teenagers, they're pack animals. If you don't have the critical mass, then you don't get any. And we had guys trying to, again, guys with families and full-time jobs trying to do that on the side. And it was, they did wonderful with the kids that we had. But having Brandon come and be able to give more focused attention and time to that has been great for us. And then you can see the children's ministry has uh, gone up a little bit. (laughs) And we've actually, that number in two, that we actually graduate. How many kids went left, Penny? Yeah. So it was actually a higher number. We graduated a decent number of kids um, up into the sixth grade last year. So those are our those are our kid problems that we have. Some of y'all asked about a third service. Right now, we honestly don't need one. The two services leveled out. So if you were an 11 o'clock guy and you started coming at 9, really, thank you. The numbers are almost dead even now between the two services, which helps us a ton. It allows us to... If we went to three services, we didn't have enough people to sustain three, but we had too many people for two, the way the people were distributed. And that um, early service was going to be pretty slim pickings, I think. So uh, having the two services even out, when we get to a point where we need three, I think we'll actually be able to sustain three, at least through, um, through the school year for sure. If the trend holds every year in January, we kind of spike. I don't know if it's New Year's resolutions or what, but... We, we tend to spike a bit in January and February. If that happens, we will go to a third service, 8.30, 10, and 11.30. And I think we can do that within two weeks of knowing that we need to. I mean, every, we've kind of put that out there, and the band is on board. Penny will have to scramble to get volunteers, but she would have to do that no matter how much time she had. So if that becomes an issue in January, February, then we'll, 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 we'll do that. Otherwise, I think we'll probably be okay until the fall. So again, thank you all for those of you that changed services. So anyway, I was looking back, and kind of the thing I was 
asking the Lord is, each year I kind of say, well, what's, what, what season are we in and what's next for us? And in 2009, looking forward to 2010, the two words I felt like the Lord said was one, building the body, which I already shared. And the other was this idea of getting more bottles. I shared a, a picture I have one night during prayer. Um, I felt like I'd become a bottleneck in the church in a lot of ways. And I saw this picture of one of these old wooden crates with a whole bunch of empty bottles and a hand pouring water into each of them. And I felt like God said, you need more bottles. And I understood that to mean more people to relationally invest in other people. And I think we're seeing that. Brandon mentioned this culture of mentorship. And that's what that is to me. It's people being willing to invest relationally in someone else. This is, this is what I've got. This is what I've freely received from the Lord. And so I'm going to turn around and freely give it to you. Uh, Brandon mentioned those cards on Sunday. We said, where do you need Jesus to show up in your life this month? And there was a stack this high that said employment and finances, and there was a stack this high that said marriage and family. And those are areas that's, those are easy avenues to have somebody come alongside you if you're willing to ask. They're, I just about guarantee whatever road you're walking down, somebody else in the church has, is a few steps ahead and would be more than happy to turn around and help you along. Unless you just enjoy the pain, ask somebody for help. And come through me, come through Brandon or Kim. We'll help put people together, and we're not going to get it right every time, but we'll do our best to help put people together, give it a shot. If it doesn't click, come back and we'll reset and try again. But again, this idea of creating a culture of people who are relationally investing in others. And I actually think we have the beginnings of that in a lot of ways, and it's because of y'all, and it's wonderful to see. And I would just encourage you to continue. 2010 to 2011 felt like it was a time when uh, God was deepening us, kind of growing our roots. And from 2011, kind of looking forward to 2012, I kind of had two pictures in my mind. One was a tree and this idea of having deep roots, but also having broad branches into our community. And I think that's kind of what's next for us. We want to continue to develop deep roots into Jesus, but we also want to have, or at the same time, we want to be developing broad branches into our community. Hopefully, first quarter of next year, we'll be able to participate in a church plant in East Cobb. Uh, if you were here on November 20th, Ernie Wagner came and shared. He's, he's online to um, start a church with our network probably January or February if everything holds it's not a guarantee yet, but it, everything looks good at this point. He's probably going to start meeting here probably on a Saturday night um, sometime in the spring well, if, that, if he sticks with his plan late winter, early spring, something like that. And I would love for some of y'all to either live in East Cobb or feel called to help him start a church plant to do that. I'd be sad to see you go, but when we started, we knew that was going that's part of our DNA was to start churches, and it's, it's exciting for me that we would have a chance to do that. Another thing that's a dream for me, it's not, it's not right here, but it's right here is for us to do a church uh, plant in Smyrna. There's nobody online who's looking at Smyrna right now. We don't have any church planters in our pipeline. I feel like that's a place that would be perfect for us. And so my hope is, you know, 12, 15 months We've got something going in Smyrna that we can take the lead on. It makes sense for us geographically to take the lead on that within the network. So that's kind of this idea of broader branches. And again, there's a little bit of uh, maybe sadness there in seeing people go, but it, it's good. You know, it's, we need to release people fully into the things that God has for them. And for some, it's going to mean leaving. I was thinking just over the last 
year, uh, our first couple of years, nobody left that I knew of. Everybody came and they stuck and it was great. And then the last couple of years, people are leaving. So either we're getting less friendly or something like that. Or I think often it's God's moving people along. When we first started our church, kind of in our mind, it was we might only get people for a three-year window. And so what do we want to do? How do we want to impact people if they're only with us for a short time? We've had several people leave to go to seminary. Guys go on the mission field. Guys leave to go to other training programs. Other people have just left job transfers and all of those type of things. And to me, all of that is us sending. And just like I'm asking you individually to say, this is what I freely received, and so I want to freely give as a church, we want to do the same thing. And whoever is here is a gift. You're a gift to us from the Lord, and we want to hold you loosely. And when God calls you on to whatever's next, we want to bless you and send you, if that's East Cobb, if that's Smyrna, if that's somewhere else. So this idea that's in my mind, again, is deep roots and broad branches. Uh, we talk all the time about people doing their deal, and um, I actually went through a little crisis with that uh, probably know, four or five months ago and thought, Are we ta- am I talking about that too much? Is it annoying? Is it repetitive? Is it, am, I, am I wrong? Am I emphasizing this too much to the detriment of other things that are important? And, you may or may not have noticed, but I quit talking about it for a stretch because I really, I, I didn't know. And I was really kind of wrestling through, is this, do I need to keep emphasizing this to the level that I'm emphasizing it? And over the course of the summer, I really felt like the Lord said, yeah, that's what I put, you, put y'all here to do. That's, it's not everything, but it's a big part of who we are. And so we're going to continue to push that. As we think about making branches into the community, that's y'all. It's you doing your deal, whatever that is in the community. When I talk to you and I hear what you're doing, it encourages me greatly. Y'all have um, gifts that I don't have. You have relationships I don't have. You have influence that I don't have. Y'all are so much better in so many ways than I am or our staff is. We're, we're limited in what we can do from an impact perspective. And to see people really take ownership of the calling God has on their life, it's, it's tremendous for us. And so hopefully... My prayer is 2012, we'll see more people, the light going on. This is what God's called me to do, and I'm going to go and make that happen. The other picture I saw, if you were here in May, I mentioned this idea of becoming a well. I told you a story. Or a, In Australia, these sheep ranches are so large, fences are superfluous. You can have a fence, but it doesn't matter because it's so big, you still can't find your sheep. So they, they, they dig wells. They sink wells because the animals are not going to stray far from the water and said that's what I want us to be as a a church I want us to be a well we don't need to build these these fences and say are you in or are you out if there's water here then thirsty people will gather and they won't stray far from the water it creates some fuzziness and some ambiguity around the edges who's a member who's not who's in who's out that type of thing but at the center it's good because there's thirsty people who are drinking and we said that in May. Since then, we've, had, we've actually had several people come to the Lord um, in that time. I thank you all for praying for us. What I said was just pray that we would be a, a source of living water. And I think we're seeing that more and more, particularly on Sundays. We're seeing people come who are seeking, who are thirsty, who are hungry, who are hurting in some ways. And the, the Lord is meeting them. So I, I want that to continue. And then kind of moving beyond that is for each of you to see yourself as an individual well. Like, it's not this place and this is this is where god lives it's not that at all it's he lives in each of your hearts john 7 i think it's 39 38 jesus says 
um, if we believe in him, springs of living water will well up from within us. And so that's for all of you who believe you're a well. And everything that people around you need is in your heart. You have access to everything that they need. If they need healing, you got it. You have living water within you. If they need, if they need uh, encouragement, you've got that. If they need somebody to introduce them to Jesus, you've got that. If they need somebody to pray for them to get direction, you've got that too. Whatever it is that they need resides within you. And so that's, again, kind of this, it's a different picture. It's the same theme as this idea of broad branches. It's for each of us to see ourselves as a well, wherever it is that you happen to be. If you're at Brassfield and Gory, or if you're teaching music to elementary school kids, or you're going with Jerry to do repair work, whatever it is that you happen to be doing, that you would recognize there's living water within your heart, and there are thirsty people around you. And if you just pray that simply, that's, that's the prayer I've been praying is, God, send us thirsty people, and they're coming. And I think if you just pray that, God, send me thirsty people, they will come to you, and most of them you probably already know. You just, they probably don't even know that they're thirsty. If you begin to ask that, I think the Lord will open your eyes to some things, and you'll begin to see some things happen in the lives of people that you're connected to. One other thing, and then I'll close. About that whole idea, I was wondering if, if somebody was around me, or if somebody came here on a Sunday morning, and they were thirsty, is what we're doing, and is the way I'm living, does that make them say, you know what, I, I want that water. Like, whatever's going on there, corporately or in here personally, that is so good, I think I want that. And that, that's just a question to ask uh, yourself personally in, in terms of what we're doing corporately. If God is bringing thirsty people to us, we want to make sure that the atmosphere we're creating is one that they say, yeah, I'm, I want to drink that water. And uh, I think that, that gets to joy, that gets to hospitality, it gets to graciousness, it gets to love, it gets to worship, it gets to a lot of different things. But again, it's this creating this atmosphere where when, when we're around thirsty people individually or when they're with us corporately, it, they realize, hey, they've got something that I don't. I'm thirsty for what they have, and that looks good enough that I'm willing to trade whatever it is that's holding me back. You, you follow that. So anybody have any questions about anything? Y'all are free to ask. No? All right, I'm going to pray, and then we'll be done. God, I do thank you for this group of people. I was reading back again over the last few years, and it's amazing to me to see uh, what you've done. The people who've been here from the beginning, who stuck with us when we haven't really known what we were doing in a lot of ways, not that we know a whole lot more now. God, people who are new, who've been coming, who are jumping in. The connections that you're making among people in this body and the things that these guys are doing in the community. It's amazing. And Lord, I thank you so much for that. I thank you for the willingness of the men and women in this room to say yes to you, to follow you, to risk for you, to obey, to put themselves out there and say, I'm going to lead. I don't know if anybody's going to follow me, but I'm going to lead. A small group, a mission trip. I'm going to jump in with the kids. I've never worked with kids before, whatever it is. God, people who are creating things in our community, politically, in the economic world, in the business world, Park Street, in their homes, in their neighborhoods, people who are adopting children, all of these yeses 
It has to be. It blesses me. It has to bless you even more to see your people, your children, walking out in their calling. And God, my prayer is anything that we can do as leadership in this church to, to further launch, God, tell us, and we'll do it. And my prayer for everyone here is everything that you have given to us, we will look for opportunities to give that away to others. And then we'll begin to see our community transform. God, you give us eyes to see those around us who are thirsty, and we'd be willing to give them a cup of living water. God, I pray as we enter into the, as we're kind of in the midst of this Christmas season, God, I pray for peace for those who tend to get anxious and restless. I pray for joy who maybe for those who this is a stressful time or even a sad time in some ways. God, I pray for fellowship and companionship for people who maybe feel lonely during the holidays. This would be a, a great time of Advent, of anticipating your arrival into our lives. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all. Don't clean anything up. Clean up your food. Don't do anything with the tables and chairs. We have somebody coming in on Friday night, and they want it set just like this. So clear your plates. Get your dishes. Get your children. And we will see you on Sunday.